And hello everyone, Peter here. This is Peter's, Peter Draws's. Um, this is my content-free podcast episode number five, uh, season one, volume one. Uh, we're making, we're making some headway. We're making progress. This is the podcast, uh, where we, despite making some headway with the numbers and an episode we're in, we don't actually cover much ground as far as the topics we cover. Um, so, so let's just go ahead and once again, I want to talk about, as is customary, it seems like, I do want to mention coffee really quick. Uh, in that I have realized um, it's good to leave a little bit of coffee in the cup when you're done drinking. Um, mostly because I hardly ever take my coffee cup right back to the kitchen, right back to the sink immediately. Uh, I usually leave it on my desk, right where I'm, right where I was working. Uh, when I've, you know, drunk that last cup, even if there's a little left in the coffee maker machine, um, I kind of leave it there and keep working, you know. Um, but if you leave like a little, just a little bit there, it does, it keeps the bottom of the coffee cup from turning into a cracked and crusty desert wasteland of uh, crusty coffee grounds. Um, so I think that's a good thing. You know, don't drain the whole thing. Plus, now I've realized, I found out, someone told me um, that uh, I was using, I was doubling up on coffee filters with my, with my coffee maker this whole time. And because so, uh, my coffee maker, what, I think it's a, can't can't see it from here, but I think I'm just gonna take a shot in the shot in the dark. Can you guys hear my neighbors upstairs really loud? Like, uh, I feel like I always talk about this, but it's like the noise is like always there. Sometimes I wait to record to make whatever. You guys, you guys can listen if I listen. If anyone wonders, if, if if anyone's like, why did Peter go crazy? Why did he totally go off his rocker and, uh, you know, s start smearing his feces all over the wall? And, you know, I don't know. But it's probably because of the squeaking from my ceiling just nonstop all the time. Can you guys hear that? Anyways... I was doubling up on coffee filters. Or it's just because I was an artist. I'd, and I wanted to s smear my poop all over the wall. That could have... That's another good excuse. It's another good reason. It's a good way to get away with weird things that most people wouldn't be able to get away with. Is just to say, Oh, I'm an artist. I can I can do that. I, I was. It was for art's sake. No... It doesn't have to make sense. Who knows? All right. Um, look, there's a gold coffee filter. Uh, and then I was putting the paper filters in it as well. Apparently, you're supposed to choose one or the other. And I was doing both. But now I'm just using the gold one, like a gold metal. It's like a gold metal mesh. And uh, it gives it, like, apparently, I don't know. I've already stated that I'm not a coffee connoisseur, I'll, and I'll restate that. I will say right now, I'm not a coffee connoisseur. But anyways, I've, I've just been putting coffee. Look, this is one thing I have noticed. Some coffee, I was at a, I was at a place, I was at a hospital, I was at a, actually a hospice. Um, and there had, there were, you know how they have like coffee for people, right? There was two types. There was a Colombian, I don't remember the exact names, there was a Colombian blend and a French roast. Like, why is one called a blend and one called a roast? Somebody knows. Maybe a blend is a blend and a roast is a roast. Is the Colombian blend not roasted? Is the French roast not blended? I don't know. Anyways, I'd like, someone tell me, what this tells me about my coffee, my coffee preferences. I like the French roast better, but maybe this, is, this isn't a good way to tell because um, 
maybe this was really cheap coffee. But in my opinion, the Colombian blend tasted like vegetable soup. It tasted like vegetables. Now, I know that technically really isn't coffee, just like bean runoff, boiled bean water. Isn't it really, it really is vegetables, right? Are beans vegetables? So it's not that alarming that uh, coffee maybe would taste like vegetable soup or vegetables in general, vegetable water. Uh, but that's what I, that's the impression I got and I didn't like it as much. So I actually, don't tell anybody, but I actually did pour out a whole cup of the Colombian blend and filled back up with the French roast, which I liked a lot better for its darker or something or other. I don't want to go into too many words and I'm probably saying it all. The darker, smoother, smokier, roastier flavor to soothe the palate. Anyways, so that's, that's what I like right now. I actually, so then next time when I bought, went and bought a pack of um, ground coffee from the store, I actually went and I grabbed the French roast. Anyways, and then I put that in my, uh, also, someone, people have even gone to great lengths to write me messages, you know, Instagram, Facebook, whatever, to write me lengthy emails telling me that I am saying anyways wrong. And I mean that I should be saying anyway. What's up with that? I feel like that's just one of those things. If I'm if I'm gonna if I've been saying anyways for this long in my life, I'm pretty much stuck in my ways now, as wrong as it is. And if if that's if that's one of those things that ruins your day, hearing someone say anyways instead of anyway then you've, you've probably got a pretty good life. You do have a pretty good life. I mean, I could, <laughs> it's not totally out of the question that I could see something. That's not one of the things that bugs me, but I could see something like that. Um, you know, putting a serious damper on my day, but that is because I have a pretty good life. So I totally know where you're coming from. But I'm just telling you, if you're one of those people who gets bothered by me saying anyways, or drawing, or one of my other little weird speech quirks, or the way I actually draw, whatever, just know I'm probably going to keep doing it. All right? So I'll keep doing my thing, whatever I want to do, and uh, you keep doing your thing. All right. Uh, oh, yeah. So I make coffee with just the golden coffee filter blend. Sorry for that little rant. No, no, the golden, the golden, I don't know if it's actually made of gold. That's, it is slightly gold colored. It's a metal gold screen. And it, uh, the, the only thing I like less about it than the paper filters is it does feel less wasteful. But the paper filters, whenever you put new coffee grounds in, you could just pull out the paper filter and throw it away, and all the old, soggy, nasty coffee grounds would instantly be in the trash can. With this one, you gotta like shake it out, tap it against the side of the trash can really hard, get all the coffee grounds out of there, and and then rinse it out. Excuse me, and it's hard to get all the coffee grounds out. They like to stick to it and everything. Oh, sorry, I got. I have air inside of me and it's like not in my lungs it's like in my belly instead of in my lungs like how does that happen like i feel like when i breathe in most of the time almost all the air goes into my lungs so am i like swallowing air i do have some some of this carbonated water what's this called um carbonated water seltzer water what's that called it says s Pellegrino. Anyways. Um, see, now, it's like those little things, like me saying anyways, that I don't realize I do until someone mentions it. And now it'll, like, de derail my train of thought. It's good to just be able to keep talking and forget about those little things. Mind over matter. Mind over mumbles. Uh, and so, I put the coffee in the coffee filter. Sans paper filter and this way uh, I don't know what I'm trying to say I still make coffee that way 
And apparently I had been making coffee for months and months with two coffee filters, and it still worked. Uh, it doesn't really taste that different, although at the bottom of the mug there are tiny coffee grounds sometimes, which you can, um, you know, they get in your mouth. It's not the end of the world. Some people, I've even done it before, I've even chewed actual coffee beans. Um, it's pretty good if you're expecting it. But the first time I, I threw back the bottom dredges of a mug of coffee after I had brewed it that way, it was a little bit surprising to get the, um, the sandy coffee remains into my mouth like that. But now I expect it. And, um, you know, if you're into it, then you're into it. And I'm starting to get into it, you know? It's good. It's good. Anyways, uh, I hope you're all... <laughs> uh, uh, I hope you're all having a good day. I, uh... Anyways, recently I thought my car was broken or breaking or on the way to being seriously broken. And I was a little bit dismayed about this. Seriously discouraged because I hadn't had this car for very long. It's not a new car. It's an, uh, an 03 Altima. And, uh, new to me, you know. You know how people say. Not new. New to me. Uh, I'm pretty happy with it. But, you know how it is. Just like one thing starts going wrong, you kind of stick it back into the back of your head. But too many things start going wrong at the same time. And you are ready... Uh, for the car to literally just fall apart, just collapse and just a pile of parts on the road and you'd just be sitting there in your seat holding the steering wheel and the only thing keeping your feet off the ground is your shoes. Uh, it's just, it could, you'd just be sliding. Anyways, it's, I was, the car, it just wasn't running well. It wasn't running right. I couldn't put my finger on one thing that wasn't going right, except that, it just wasn't doing what it was supposed to be doing. Supposed, supposed, supposed to be doing, right? Usually when you let it idle and drive, it moves forward a little bit by itself. And when you let it idle and reverse, it moves back a little bit by itself. And it wasn't really doing that anymore. And that discouraged me a little bit. I had been on a few longer trips, three or four hours back and forth to some nearby towns. Not that nearby, I suppose, if they were three or four hours away. Nearer than some other things um, that are more than three or four hours away. Um, but what I finally realized I should do while I was waiting for some Chinese food to be prepared at a Chinese food place is um, check the levels of some fluids in the engine. So, also what I had noticed was that the the... It's an automatic vehicle, so I had noticed that it had been a little rougher changing gears. In fact, one point when I had accelerated a little bit faster um, out of from a stop, one point when I had accelerated faster, it had been absolutely horrendously rough. It was like, and it's like I hit a wall. I don't know. It's, I'm bad at describing things. I'm a poor descriptor. I don't think that's the word I should use. Anyways. Um, so, I f the first thing I checked was the transmission fluid, uh, which was fine. I'm pretty sure you I'm, it's always, whenever I talk about stuff like this, like car stuff, I'm always expecting, uh, that I'm doing something terribly wrong and that someone who actually knows about cars, um, is gonna just jump out of the woodwork. In the comments, I know, but even just out of the very woodwork of my apartment, you know, and correct me. But anyways, I checked the transmission fluid while the car was running in neutral with the emergency brake on. After I had driven, so it was like a little bit warm, but not hot. Like, like on, two, on the transmission fluid dipstick, there's two sides. There's a hot and a cold side. But I don't know, does hot mean, like, how hot is hot? How cold is cold? Does cold just mean you haven't driven it anywhere at all, and does driving half a mile down the road to the, the Chinese food place can count as making it hot? The engine hot? I don't know. Anyways, either way, the I pulled it out once, wiped it off with paper towel, with a rag, shop rag, paper towel, 
shop paper towels are halfway between normal paper towels and a shop rag. I wiped it off, stuck it back in there, pulled it back out, and it was right in the middle of both hatch marks for hot and cold, so I was pretty comfortable with that. So I stuck that back down in there, and then I thought I'd ch check the engine oil, pulled the engine oil dipstick out, and uh, there wasn't any engine oil on there at all. I wiped it off anyways, stuck it back down in there, as far as I could, but you can only stick it down in there so far. Pulled it back out, looked really closely. This was at night, so I held it in front of the headlight. Looked really closely, there was nothing in there. Stuck it back down in there, even farther. Still, you, you can't really stick it in there any farther than you can, but I mentally stuck it in there farther, you know, like, but I pulled it back out. There was not a single drop of engine oil on that dipstick. So here I am thinking, how long have I been driving my car like this? Have I been doing irreparable damage to my engine, you know, by driving it around without any engine oil in it? There probably is some engine oil in there. Otherwise, it probably, I don't know, would it have ground to a halt without any engine oil in it? Complete, like if there were absolutely no engine oil in it? I don't care. I don't know. I do care. Anyways, so I got my food, and with my food in my passenger seat, I drove over to the auto parts place, grabbed two quarts of what I, what the manual said uh, was, um, what I thought, what I, what I gathered was the right engine oil, poured that stuff into my engine, just the top of the engine, glug, 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 and, uh, you know, maybe I could have, maybe, maybe I should have only poured one quart in there, maybe I should have poured four quarts in there, who knows, the car seems to be running fine now, and, uh, I'll check the the level again, like, today, or tomorrow, or something. But, uh, it definitely made an almost immediate difference, so I feel good about it. Resting easy, rolling easy, driving good, I feel better. Anyways, next I was gonna start talking about, um, I was gonna start kind of going into a bit of a rant about how I don't like it when people that run radio stations start talking instead of playing music, but it was, I actually recorded about five minutes of this stuff, and I was probably going to record about ten minutes of it, but it started getting really negative, and kind of sounding kind of whiny, so I'm not going to do any more of that. I'm not going to, I mean, I'll talk about, I'm, I might, I'm kind of whining about how whiny I was sounding. Alright, listen for a moment to my neighbors upstairs. Oh, it's totally silent. Anyways, yeah, it does, yeah. Uh, I'll just say this. Look, if you want to talk, go on talk radio. If you want to play music, play music on on music radio. That's that's all I ask, right? But people, different people do expect and enjoy different things out of life, and that includes radio stations. So I try to keep that in mind. Okay, okay, cool. All right. We can move on. Uh, what else to talk about? I have, this happens to me a lot. That's strange. It's difficult to like just talk. I don't know why it's so difficult for me. Like I'm, most of my life, I just sit here by myself and I say nothing. And then sometimes I sit here and I say some things. Like right now I'm sitting here saying some things. And um, I don't know what to say, except talk about how I don't know what to say. That's a strong topic. Sometimes you know that I do talk about coffee. I just went to Waffle House for lunch, lunch, breakfast. I don't want to say brunch, because brunch has a whole different connotation. It's kind of a weird, I feel like brunch is sort of the thing, sort of a thing that should happen in a gazebo. Uh, it was not in a gazebo, it was in a Waffle House. And I didn't have little sandwiches. I had uh, two eggs over easy. I did have I did have raisin bread toast, cinnamon raisin cinnamon toast with raisins in it. That's kind of brunchy. And I had hash browns, and I had uh, one waffle, and I had coffee from a Waffle House mug. I did not bother asking if I could uh, or. As I usually word it, what what does it take to get one of these mugs? I didn't bother asking that because it was too busy. 
it's not even worth it asking if it's so busy. Or maybe, actually I haven't tried asking when it's really busy because maybe they'll be so exasperated they'll just be like, just take it, just, you, can, you can have it. I, I won't, I won't even, maybe I, I, I'll ask next time. I'll ask next time, I will. Um, so I had coffee. I like Waffle House coffee. I like cheap coffee from cheap places. I don't, I don't have a, I don't know, it's just how I like it. Expensive coffee, I feel like is is lost on me. I haven't, I don't have a refined palate as far as coffee goes. I really don't. And then I went to the bookstore, I flipped through things, I wandered around. If you've ever seen that TV show Black Books, um, it feels like that in there. It's a used and rare bookstore. I like smelling things in there. I like walking around. The floor creaks. It's very uneven floor. I trip around a lot. There's things piled up. A lot of old books with, uh, you know, leather bindings. It, you know, there's little, uh, like, labels that say, you know, signed by the author and stuff. Uh, what? Oh, there was something I was going to say. The, oh, it's sometimes it's hard to leave that place, though. Um, the owner of the place, he, like, I try to... He leaves you alone, like, while you're looking around, but then you're, like, checking out, you're buying the books. He, he does give me a good deal, you know. Um, he gives me a little discounts and stuff. Um, but you know, I'm trying to leave, and he'll get to chit-chatting. He's good at chit-chatting. Um, and I'll, I'll even be saying, I'll have, like, one foot literally out the door. And, and I'll be saying something like, all right, we'll see you later. And while I'm saying, see you later, he'll cut me off with another segue into another part of the conversation. And then I'll be stuck for like five more minutes, another part of the conversation before I can try to squeeze in another jovial, you know, like friendly. <laughs> All right, we'll see. But then it'll no, it'll be sucked right back in. It's just, just, it's just, I mean, I'm never like in a real rush or anything unless it seems like I usually always go there after I've had coffee. Uh, so sometimes I am in a little bit of a rush if you know what I mean. Um, but speaking of that one show, Black Books, a lot of people I know do like that show, and I, I like that show, but I tried watching it. Re, re, I haven't watched very much of it, but I tried watching it again the other day on Netflix. Um, this conversation doesn't really matter if you've seen it or not, but I feel like there was an audio problem, and I haven't ever submitted... Like, there's a little thing you can use to submit quality reports or problem errors to Netflix if you really want to. Um, but this is one of the few times where I have. But that Black Books show on Netflix was almost unwatchable for me because of the audio. Some shows have laugh tracks and sometimes it's, it's a little bit aggravating or annoying. Um, but usually the laugh track is... Um, it, sorry, usually the laugh track is okay with me. I'm fine with the laugh track if I'm laughing at the same time the people in the laugh track are laughing, right? That's okay because it doesn't it's not doesn't like stick out. Like I'm giggling, the people in the laugh track are laughing. It's all at the same time. It's fine. But this it was unbearable in this when I was listening because it seemed like the laugh track was on this separate audio level that was this like high quality audio, this like 5.1 Dolby surround sound laugh track. And then like the out, the actual audio of the Black Books TV show, I was listening to on like an old dinky cassette tape player. And so every time the laughing came on, it totally overpowered and over, it was just like, it's like there was a whole studio of people laughing inside my head while the show played in the distance. And I just I just couldn't do it. And you, I couldn't turn down the laughing because then I would turn down the show too much. Like there was no settings to adjust any of it. And I liked the show except except for all that, the, the laughing, it was driving me crazy. I, I just couldn't do it. So let me know if... And any of y'all have experienced a similar thing, or if I'm just going crazy with the laughing inside my head. But, like the other shows, like, 
I've enjoyed watching shows like The IT Crowd and stuff, which has a laugh track. I'm pretty sure it does. Like, the shows like that, I, I don't even notice the laugh track because I'm enjoying it so much, you know. <laughs> but yeah. Good times. Indeed. I do have this problem where I talk about things more than once. And I think one of the things I've talked about um, more than once and maybe the most, is how I talk about things more than once. Like, this very thing I'm talking about right now is probably one of the things I've talked about the most, but that's okay. The other night, I was sleeping. I was about to sleep. I was on the verge of sleep, just about to fall off of the cliff into the chasm of unconsciousness. And I thought of um, a thing to talk about in this very podcast, and... Uh, I thought, I realized it was just, uh, it was a wonderful thing, and I realized it was a thing I had thought of before, uh, something that would give me upwards of 10 minutes of material, maybe 15, 20, 30, a thousand years of material, a juicy topic. And I thought, this is such a good thing to talk about, such a good idea. Um, I can't wait to get up in the morning and talk about that for the podcast. And so I fell asleep. I went over the edge. And uh, of course, when I woke up in the morning, I had no idea what it was anymore. That happens to me. It seems to happen to me all the time with great ideas. Uh, and what I'm wondering is, are they really that great of idea? Is, is my mind really all messed up as I'm falling asleep where I have these great ideas that aren't really that amazing, but they just seem amazing to my groggy, half-asleep mind? Or are they really? Like, am I really that much better of a thinker when I'm asleep, almost asleep? Or am I, or when I'm almost asleep, do I just think the ideas I get are that much better? Because I still don't know. Because I, I, I do seem to get incredible ideas quite frequently when I'm almost asleep. I just never remember them the next day. And people always want to suggest, just like with trying to remember dreams, they always want to suggest just have a journal right next to your bed and write them down. I will never do that. First of all, because I am always 100% convinced that it's such a good idea and I'm thinking about it so clearly at the time that I'll remember it. Like... It's just like, like right now, as clearly as I'm thinking about things right now, that's how clearly I feel like I'm thinking about it at the time. Just like I'm thinking about whatever I'm thinking about right now, I don't feel like I have to th write it down at the moment to, to, to remember it. Why would I have to write it down then? I don't know. Plus, whatever state of mind I'm in at the moment is just so delicious. That feeling of about being about to fall asleep, I don't think... I can't think of a single thing besides like my my house burning down that would you know dr drive me to drag myself up out of that. It feels so good that feeling of knowing you're about to fall asleep. It feels so good. I don't I would never pull myself up out of that feeling. Into back into full consciousness just to write down an idea that at the time I know I'm going to remember anyways even though I never do it's, it's definitely problematic it is also that lack of mind control happened again the other day I guess we all should have some form of mind control over our own minds if we don't have mind control over our own minds, it gets, things get a little wonky and crazy quick, and it feels weird. I was, it, for me, it lately is always happening in the shower as I stand there. I have one arm resting against the wall of the shower, the shower beside me, and I can't rest my other arm anywhere because that's just the, that's just the, what's it called? Shower curtain. And I can't hang on to the shower curtain rod because it's just like, well, I tried that once, and the shower curtain rod just comes down. It it gets, and um, my eyes were closed. The nice warm water was beating down upon my head and cascading down across my body. My eyes, 
and then my mind's eye, I was just trying, look, it was extremely simple this time. I was trying to think of a circle in my head, trying to picture a circle, but I couldn't. It kept on turning into, well, a square and things like a hexagon and an octagon, uh, even more even more troublesome, things like a trapezoid or a parallelogram. So that was, it was weird. But I snapped out of it before too long because it was a little bit stressful. That is a little bit stressful. Um, what else happened recently? Uh, I, I could tell you that I'm wearing a, I'm wearing my Bob Ross shirt right now. I am. I'm playing with a googly eye. You know, I really, I live by the beach. I do. And it takes me about between seven and 10 minutes to get to the beach, depending on traffic and the state of the drawbridge, which goes up, I think every hour, if there's, uh, I don't think it goes up if there's no boat to go underneath it. That would be silly. Uh, but there is a drawbridge there and it will go up on off hours, if there's like a trip, official, uh, like government traffic, you know, like a like a coast guard boat or something, some sort of emergency. But you know, for regular, like if there's some random Joe Blow civilian with a sailboat that wants to go under the the drawbridge uh, to get you know like in or out of, I don't know. I think there's like I haven't looked at the map recently, but there's some sort of inlet. There's like a lot of intercoastal waterways and sounds and what whatnot. Me being a guy without a boat. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me a whole lot, so I don't know a whole lot about it. But I have actually been underneath the drawbridge. Sorry, I was like blowing air out of my nose away from the mic, because I feel like my nose was like whistling. I have had both, this might, for some reason, sometimes talking about surgeries makes me a little bit lightheaded sometimes, especially when other people talk about their surgeries. But I have had both um, an adenoidectomy and a septoplasty, which are surgeries inside of my nose. Uh, because from for a large portion of my life, like right now I'm breathing through my nose. I wasn't able, I wasn't able to breathe through my nose um, either at all or um, any amount that made a difference. It was just like a, a tiny, the tiniest little trickle of air. And an adenoidectomy, those two operations, an adenoidectomy means getting my adenoids taken out. Adenoids are like, um, are like tonsils in the back of your nose. I think you have pretty much have three sets of tonsils. There's your actual tonsils, your adenoids, which are in the back of your nose. And then there's like another set, which are like farther down. I'm not entirely sure what tonsils are and adenoids and all that. I think they're just some sort of uh, lymph or something. What are they for fighting infections or I don't know. Somebody, somebody will find out. Um, but so I still have my tonsils. My tonsils have been they've been large from a from a young age. I remember doctors and my mother, who was a nurse, um, looking into my mouth. You know, making you say ah. Oh, there's today's singing said segment of the podcast. Oh, I would, you know, tongue depressor and all that. I was very good at saying ah, oh, and because I was so used to people remarking about how large my tonsils were, my tonsils are significant in size, and I still have them despite getting strep throat uh, two or three times in quick succession at one point. And I remember the doctor saying, um. I don't know if they said directly to me or to my mom within hearing distance of me. Uh, if he gets strep throat again, gonna have to get those tonsils taken out. And and that's that frightened me. That frightened me a lot because I had never had any sort of serious operation like that before at that point in my life. I don't know how old I was, uh, but I didn't want to get my tonsils taken out. Even though I remember hearing stories in little kids' books and. Um, even stories from my mom when she was little about how when you get your tonsils taken out, you get lots of, you get to have ice cream, you know, they give you ice cream, you know, to soothe your newly and freshly operated and poorly chopped, poor, poor, not poorly chopped up, but poor chopped up 
throat. Um, I was still not interested, despite that, despite the, the profferings of ice cream. I've never, I mean, I, I like ice cream. I'll eat it if other people are eating it. And at some points in my life, I have really um, eaten a lot of ice cream. But like at this point in my adult life, I really don't go out of my way to eat ice cream that much. For me, I feel like all the way I enjoy food is a lot of the time with my taste buds. I do eat milkshakes though. For some reason, milkshakes I like a lot. But ice cream, uh, I feel like it freezes your taste buds. And your taste buds are supposed to be the things that are helping you enjoy the food. Plus, I still have sensitive teeth. Like, when is that supposed to change? My mom told me she used to have sensitive teeth, but then she got older and she doesn't anymore. Like, and then I would see people just biting into ice cream with their teeth and it just made, oh, like, it just made me literally cringe. Like, clench my teeth and I couldn't watch people biting into teeth, like, biting into the top of an ice cream cone or biting into a popsicle or a fudge sickle. Like people, like I, when I go out to eat ice cream with my friends, everyone else would finish their ice cream way faster than me because they could just eat the ice cream when I either had to lick it away or if I was going to eat it, I had to like break it off with my lips wrapped over my teeth and then kind of break it apart with my, like my molars in the back, which were slightly less sensitive. But it was just never as quick and, and enjoyable of a thing. I just never knew how people could just bite it with my teeth. My teeth were always so sensitive. And they still are. I don't know. Do, do people get their teeth desensitized? Or does it happen automatically as they get older? I'm not sure. But the point is, my teeth are still quite sensitive. And, I, and as I was saying, I still have my tonsils. But I got my adenoids taken out. Um, the same time as uh, I got a septoplasty. And this is all, um, I think as I was around like 17 or 18 years old, uh, in an effort to help me be able to breathe through my nose. I was a mouth breather for pretty much my whole life. And I was always, I was always kind of confused as why this was an insult. Like people are always like, oh, you stupid mouth breathers. I'm like... Well, well, I literally cannot breathe through my nose through no fault of my own. Like, if, if, if I just, I have to breathe through my mouth. I don't know what else to do. Like, I would be sitting in class watching a movie or something. We'd just be sitting there in the dark. I would be watching the movie or something, like some educational movie about fruit flies and the Everglades or something. And... Just be sitting there watching the movie, but then someone would be like, Hey, Peter, trying to catch a fly? And I'm like, what? And then I realized because I had my mouth hanging open, you know, for breathing. But everyone else had their mouths closed, all nice, shut, closed, because they are breathing through their noses, but I couldn't breathe through my nose. And I remember one time, several times actually in class, in PE class, people, the PE teacher was talking about how to efficiently run the mile and they're talking about how you could get too much, you could get too much oxygen. They're like, you got to breathe in and out through your nose. This will regulate how much oxygen you get. And I was, I was thinking, I, I can't. If I breathe, try to breathe through my nose, I'll, I'll keel over it. So I, I'll just keep breathing through my mouth. Thanks. I, I get literally, I'm getting just a tiny sliver, at, a little tiny whistle of air, like I'm breathing through a pinhole. I try to breathe through my nose most of the time. I don't know what the deal is. So, and then in movies, when they're always duct taping people's mouths shut, that scared the crap out of me. I'm like, someone kidnapped me, duct tape my mouth shut? No, they, they better stick around for a second to take that duct tape back off my mouth after I pass out. Otherwise, that's how you kill me right there. I don't know. But... I, I kind of actually do want to experiment with duct taping 
uh, mouths shut. I'll do it on myself um, because I feel like it can't really be that effective. First of all, on people with facial hair, it, first of all, it can't be that effective. It, it might hurt a lot. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm vastly, vastly underestimating the effectiveness of facial hair. I mean, of duct tape. But I think that one of the main ways you could get around duct tape on your face, of you know, on your mouth, is just to spit into the duct tape a lot. Spit into it, and I think that would slowly break it up, right? Spit is a powerful thing. And you could, and the jaw is a very powerful muscle. Yeah, it might hurt a little bit, but I think, has no one else tried this? Does duct tape really work that well? I feel like maybe duct tape would work if they actually wrapped it all the way around your head a couple times and around your mouth but not just like one little square of duct tape over your mouth. Is this just like a, like a, like a trope? Like, a, is it like a thing on TV tropes? I should look it up, but it's always bugged me, but I should try it. I should try it. Maybe I'll make a video. I mean, it's whatever, whatever. Okay. Um, but anyways, that was anyway. So I got a adenoidectomy. They took out my adenoids and I had a septoplasty. The septum, is the is a barrier between your two nasal cavities in your nose and mine was all jacked up it was all wobbly it was like completely blocking one of my it was uh n nasals not nose nasals um noses nasal cavities it was um i mean it was one of the big reasons why i couldn't breathe i mean it's still not completely perfect it's still not completely straight up and down. I can like push it back and forth a little bit. And they told me beforehand, uh, they're like, now just so you know, uh, there's a small chance. They're like, and this has happened before. There's a small chance that uh, this doesn't work out perfectly. And um, maybe it doesn't like sit still perfectly or d sometimes people, when they breathe through their nose, if this doesn't work out, it does whistle because there's a hole in their septum. That's not why my nose whistles, just because it's like, just in the regular nose stuff, I think. But that was kind of scary. I think there was a hole. I don't, I don't want to talk about that. I think all I'm saying is there was a hole in my septum briefly while it was healing post-surgery, but that was just like one of the stitches between it. Sorry for talking about this grim, grimy, gory stuff, but it was pretty gross. I remember when I first went in for an evaluation, he stuck one of those, what's it called? Like an endoscope, like a camera on the end of this weird wobbly thing that you can stick into places. And he stuck, he sprayed some of that, uh, like lidocaine into my nose, the numbing stuff. He sprayed it in there quickly. My nose went numb and the top of my mouth went numb and I could see the monitor that he was looking at. So I could see the inside of my nose, but this guy didn't stop there. He kept going past my nose and back down. And I saw the, the back of my throat and it kept going down. And I saw, this felt a little weird, but I got to see my own vocal cords while I was talking. That was pretty crazy. That was weird. And, uh, frankly, I would, I would do that again. And Frank, I mean, if, in fact, I would, um, I kind of want to figure out how to do that on my own. I think it's hard to get my own lidocaine and endoscope. Hmm. I'm making a note. Let's see. Lido, is that what it's, that stuff is called? Lidocaine. Not. That's probably not even what it's called, but if I write that down, I'll remember. Excuse me, endoscope. Is that what that's called? This will get me started. Look, that I'm writing it, making further note. Look in nose. Look through nose. Nose at vocal cords. Yeah, perfect. Cords. 
I was about to, uh, uh, I almost spelled chords wrong, like chords, like in music. Wait, is that how, is that how it's spelled? How is vocal chords spelled? Chords. Is it chords like a rope or chords like in music? Chords. It's got to be rope chords, right? Chords. Chords. I'm spelling, I'm spelling it C-O-R-D-S. That's how I'm going to spell it. Anyway, so I can breathe a lot better through my nose now. It took several months before. <laughs> In fact, I think it took almost a year before I could even like sit there. It took like a lot of healing before like the swelling went down and we even like lodged a complaint. Not, we didn't, we did not lodge a complaint. I take that back, but we like got it back in touch the surgeon because it didn't even seem like it made much of a difference at first. I think because it, there was like a lot of tissue or something that was just like still like the swelling was going down. They're like, yeah, you just gotta wait. It takes a long time. And it did take a long time, but that's me breathing through my nose now. I never, ever used to be able to do that. So it makes a lot of difference. Now I can, um, but, but look, there is a huge thing now. It makes a big difference when I sleep now, because now I can sleep with my mouth closed. I used to drool everywhere when I slept because I had to sleep with my mouth open. And I liked sleeping on my side, right? Because sleeping on your side or your stomach, those are often very valid sleeping positions. And um, I mean, I'd recommend them to anyone if you can get away with it. But I mean, sleeping positions are a weird thing. You know, like I can, some things work for me that I wish they did and some things don't, you know. Uh, you know, some things that are like really comfortable for me, just some, they're good for a long time. I can fall asleep in them, but then like a random limb will fall asleep for no reason. You know, but what I mean by fall, like after I fall asleep, my limb will fall asleep. I'm like, this is a perfect sleeping position, but then I'll get woken back up because my arm starts tingling because there's something about it where like a, something gets pinched and there's not enough blood flow or something, even though it seems perfectly fine and tame. And like, I'm not like lying on top of my arm. Like my arm is just like resting on t top of me. Like I can't actually, like I can't sleep on my back with my arms um, crossed on top of me something like that. There was something like that where it seemed very comfortable and I fell asleep like that several times, but then I got woken up several times because my arms were falling, were tingly. I, I want to say falling asleep, but it seems redundant because it means two different things, but you know what I mean. And there's two, two separate, there's weird things. Look, I can, I have two, um, let's see here. I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to imagine myself in my bed. But there's some positions I can only do on my right side and some positions I can only do on my left side. And if I try to do the same position on my left side that I do on my right side, it feels totally foreign and impossible to get comfortable that way. You know, it's kind of, it's kind of weird. It's like my, my body only, only settles into certain positions, positions, uh, on certain sides of my body. Like, I don't know if that makes any sense, but like I can do like a weird, like military crawl sort of thing with my right arm up and my left arm, left leg out or, but I can't do it the other way. And that, uh, it's impossible to describe. It's impossible to describe. It'd be like a, it'd be like a voice activated puppet master trying to describe that kind of stuff. But, um, it's complicated. Thankfully, I do get to sleep most nights. I, I, I sleep well. I sleep. I sleep well. Um, and I'm thankful for that. I, I feel very sad for um, people who have trouble sleeping. That's a, that's a huge struggle. Because sleep is a, a huge thing. And um, it's like one of those things. I feel like the people who sleep well and don't have any problems sleeping don't. It's just like one of those things where you when you don't have any problems with it, you don't realize how, how big of a thing you're not having a problem with. So, um, I'm just, I'm just really glad I'm not having a problem with that, you know? So if you are having a problem with it, I hope it gets sorted out soon and that you do start sleeping well. 
that, that you fall asleep quickly and soundly and longly and deeply. Yes. S sleep snoozily. <laughs> I like sleeping. It's delicious. I wish I could sleep whenever I wanted because sometimes I... I've said this before, but sometimes I really get into the, I really get into the meat of a project. I really get obsessed with something I'm working on, and then sleep sneaks up on me and seems to like stab me in the back right when I'm getting obsessed with something, you know. And and that's when I, I feel like I'm abusing my body a little bit by you know drinking coffee at those moments when I really shouldn't be. But it, you know, it's like one thing. It's like my work or this or sleep, and I often choose my work, even though I know I could sleep and then get up and keep working, but I know I never get up and start working right away, because when I get up, it takes me a little while to get back into the gear of things, and I want to stay in gear. I do. I do want to stay in gear, so I don't know. Sleep is uh, it's a double-edged sword, but... <laughs> but yeah, cool. Uh, that's probably drawing this podcast to a close unfortunately and as usual i don't actually remember any of the things i talked about so i'll probably uh in the next one whenever that is i'll probably uh talk sorry talk about them all again so that's cool uh thanks for, thanks for listening everybody i hope you all have a great day uh you're all super cool i'm just assuming there's probably <laughs> I was about to say there's one of you who's not cool I mean there is But I don't want to say that Because some of you have I was also going to say Some of you have bad self-esteem So you'd assume that you're the one that's not cool But you're But that's also Then the one with bad self-esteem Will assume that you're the one with bad self-esteem So I'm telling you right now That you Yes you Are not the one with bad self-esteem, and you're not the one that's not cool. You, you are the cool one, and you are the one with good self-esteem. Yes, you are. And I'm glad you're here, glad you're listening, and I'm glad uh, your day's getting better, probably. Uh, making a lot of assumptions. Okay. All right. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.